Hello, welcome to the Healthy Alternatives podcast. I am Dr. Christine Sauer with DocChristine.com. Today's show is a recording of my radio show of the same name. Enjoy! Good, good afternoon, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE FM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission for this radio show is to help change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their case. And if you feel you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, don't give up. There is a light at the end of the tunnel for you too. Today I'm extremely pleased to be with Dr. Russell Jaff. Dr. Jeff received his Bachelor of Science, MD, and PhD in 1972, so you have been around for a while. Since Long enough to know better. Yes, I'm so happy to have you on. And since, oh, it's a pleasure to be with you. And, you. and I looked on your website, and since 1972, you evolved your career as a physician and scientist, and you always looked for deeper understanding. As a curious person, you are now gaining wisdom, evidence, and insight in mechanisms of health. And I must say, Russell, you found many new insights during this time, and I feel truly blessed to have you on my show so we can share some of your wisdom with our listeners. Thanks for being on. A pleasure and a privilege. Thank you. Now, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you end up becoming the person you are today? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, when I was uh, trying to decide on a career, <clears throat> I felt drawn to law and spirituality. So I actually thought I was going to go and be a legal advocate for policy reform. And then what happened was I was admitted to a six-year medical program where you did two years and three summers as an undergraduate and then the full four years of medical school. So in six rather than eight years, you were a physician. Mm -hmm. In the middle of that, I added two more years to get a Ph.D. in biochemistry, and I've been told that I'm the last scientist graduated in general medical sciences from Boston University. Wow. And after, and after eight years, I finally had one day of graduation. My parents finally got to go to a graduation after eight years. In the morning, I got an undergraduate degree. At noon, I got my medical degree. And in the afternoon, I got a PhD. Wow, and it was the first someday. time that anyone had gotten those three degrees on one day. Mm -hmm. So that got me in the newspapers, which made my folks even happier. <laughs> I can imagine. That's now, in my training, I decided that I was going to go from Boston University to the Harvard teaching system through a man named Dan Dakin, and we worked out how platelets are activated by a collagen-like molecule, a structural protein. It's very fundamental today, but it was a very interesting beginning to my scientific career. Mm -hmm. And I planned and worked very hard 
to become an intern at Beth Israel Hospital in Boston under this man, Dan Dakin. Uh-huh. And just a few days before the final internship ranking, he, Dan Dakin, calls me up and says, I don't think you're going to get your internship. I said, what did I do? He said, you didn't do anything. It's what I did. I said, what did you do? He said, well, I had a disagreement with the chief of medicine, and I am now the chief of medicine at the West Roxbury VA hospital across town, but I've left Beth Israel, and I did not get into Beth Israel. <laughs> so I finished my internal medicine under Norman Levinsky at the University Hospital, the BU Teaching Hospital, and then an opportunity came to go to NIH, the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland, get residency credit, set up my own lab, and be of service to the other institutes. And over my years of service, we collaborated with the Cancer Institute, the Heart Institute, the Allergy Institute, the Neurology Institute. Each year, we were able to introduce one fundamental advance in laboratory medicine and science, because there was a lot of opportunity and a lot of resource, and I had incredible mentors who said, well, if you come in early and you stay late, we'll support you. And you're a really um, humble person because without your creativity and your hard work, nothing would have happened, and I know that. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. There's something, yes, I, I, I was passionate about the opportunities that seemed to be abounding. Uh, every year that I was at NIH, I taught at the NIH University, Uh, one year, for example, I wanted to bring in a group of healers from different cultures uh -huh. and have them explain what they thought, uh, what, what it took to heal someone. And my this was the first time I'd ever gotten a no. So I put in this proposal, and they say, no, you can't teach that. And I said, well, what if I taught cross-cultural approaches to health and healing? They said, oh, you can teach that. <laughs> so I put exactly the same content with exactly the same people, but I changed the name. Yeah, and that worked. Oh, and I learned, you know, if, if you have a combination of unbending intent and you're pleasant and, and, and persistent, you can, quote, move the system, move the needle. I don't mean the mega system. I mean whatever it is that is your meaningful work, your opportunity to contribute. So after 19 years in government service, I followed a Cambodian Buddhist monk whose name was Bhanti, that just means reverend, Bhanti Dharmawara, he's a specific man, and had the last 30 years of his life with him from 80 to 110. I met him on Sunday at his birthday party, and on Tuesday he moved in wow. to my little bachelor's apartment in Greenbelt, Maryland. Uh, where I spent very little time because I was still in government service. Amazing. And I went back and forth for an entire year because here I'm on the permanent senior staff at the National Institutes of Health. That was like being a full professor with um, all the um, all the accoutrements that come with that, all, all the privilege that comes with that. And for an entire year, I went back and forth. Should I stay and maybe contribute more over the rest of my career to biomedical science, or should I start again, closing one door so that other doors can open, and literally on the day that my heart settled and I knew I was going to leave, I didn't know what we were going to do, but I knew I was going to leave, 
I went back to the apartment in Greenbelt. I walk in and Bonte says, now we can talk. Wow. For the entire year, when I would ask him for guidance, he would giggle. And over many years, I realized that he wasn't being condescending. He was just bemused by the fact that I wasn't ready for the answer until I was ready for the answer. I could ask the question, but you might not be ready for the answer. And so when he thought you weren't ready for the answer, he would giggle. And sometimes a year or more later, he would give me the answer to the question. Wow. At a time when it stuck with me to this very day as a memorable moment. So I decided to follow him, which means I became a consultant for a few years. I was privileged to help get Heptachlor out of the island of Oahu. I did the first indoor environmental quality report for the state of California called Clean Your Room. 19 subjects on the built indoor environment and solutions that we desperately need today to to remember. Yes. Um, And then in 1983, I opened a functional immunology laboratory. We received blood from all over the world. We're the reference standard in an area called lymphocyte response assay. Lymphocytes are special white blood cells. They're responsible for a big part of your immune defense and repair system. And prior to 1983, um, you could make general statements about what's good and bad to eat, but you couldn't, for an individual, determine where they were tolerant and where they were intolerant. Right. So we developed this novel, one-step, amplified, high-precision cell culture. We've got 80,000 cases in our database. We've done over 25 million cell cultures, and we do them with high precision. That is less than three percent variance, which for any test is is, is good reproducibility. Yes, but for a cell culture, that's unprecedented. I believe that. Why? <clears throat> because we knew how to purify the uh, testing materials, and we do foods and chemicals and preservatives and medications and environmental substances. So we can now do hundreds and hundreds of cell cultures with high precision on a small one ounce sample. Wow. And then when I opened the lab, my colleague said, thanks for opening up this whole area of functional immunology, but frankly, what do I do with the information? Give me an interpretation that's a complete lifestyle program to modify what people eat, what people drink, what people think, and what people do. And that's what I learned from Bhante the monk and others. There was a Dr. Mishra who wrote the textbook of yoga psychology and commentary and Patanjali sutras. Um, other people, including a man named Queen Wu, I went to debunk him as an acupuncturist in Washington, D.C. in the early 70s, and I ended up doing a seven-year apprenticeship with him <laughs> in traditional Chinese medicine, and then I taught a program um, for colleagues, for physicians, uh, called Oriental Medical Strategies and Western Medical Practices. It was a three-year certification program. And I'm glad to tell you that most of the students in that program then went on to teach their own programs. Uh, and many of them continue that. And I went on to help found the CCN, the Certified Clinical Nutritionist Profession, and I'm very involved now with health coaches uh-huh. because very often colleagues, doctor, physician colleagues, they want to give information, inspiration, and encouragement to their clients, but they have a very short amount of time right. to spend. On the other hand, someone who is a health coach who can explain what the doctor really recommends and why 
in regard to modifying your kitchen and or your personal care. Because it turns out that most of the toxins we're exposed to are relatively recent. We have been exposed to them in the recent past. Right. And 80% we can reduce or eliminate by taking simple uh, self-care steps. And so if you come to my home, you'll find a permaculture biodynamic food forest in the front yard. You'll find lots of whole foods that we can make easily into delicious things with herbs and, mm-hmm. and, and seasonings and spices, but almost no package. I we, love we, that. We don't need much packaging. Russell, I, I, I yeah. have to end the first part slowly, and I hate to do that because I could talk to you for hours and hours, and it is so interesting to see all your insights that you developed over the years so let's just wrap it up for the first half and uh, talk more about your amazing transformation from a scientist a very theoretical Mm -hmm. scientist really in the biochemistry world to become a very practical and transformation oriented physician, coach, nutritionist, and still scientist. So please mm-hmm. tune in after the commercial break for more about uh, what Dr. Russell Jaffe has to tell us. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOEFM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and today I'm talking with Dr. Russell Jaff. Dr. Jaff is an amazing physician, scientist, and transformation. Uh, we talked about a little bit in the first half about his transformation to a monk and uh, to more a spiritual physician career and I would love to hear more about how that was for you to change from a scientist that was very much set in his way and had a secure safe government job to giving that all up and following a Buddhist monk well I I came as a skeptic Uh, I, I, I wanted to debunk acupuncture and I ended up being a student of Quinn Wu. I wanted to debunk yoga and I became a student of Dr. Ramamurti Mishra, mm-hmm. uh, a, a most remarkable uh, physician and, and uh, wisdom-based uh, human being. <clears throat> and then Bhante, huh. um, Cambodian Buddhist monk who, as he said of himself, it took him 40 years to get sick, 40 years to get well, and then he could get started. Wow. And at one point I said to him, gee, Vanti, isn't 80 a little late to get started? And he looked at me with a little twinkle in his eye and he said, have you not heard of Moses? <laughs> Now, I'm a Jewish fellow, so I have absolutely heard of Moses from the Old Testament. Moses was 80 when he goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. Now, yeah. for a Buddhist to remind a young Jewish fellow that 80 is a beginning, it's not an end, was very moving to me, motivating to me. Yes, it's never too late Bonte, to start over, and I no, love it's that. No, never too late. Yeah. It's, it's never too late. You have to be willing to um, get out of your comfort zone, 
but I have found it incredibly rewarding to to step out of my comfort zone, to go to to something that, frankly, I am skeptical about. Yeah. Because I'm ignorant of it. Sure, and, and I, I bet in the beginning it was very scary to leave that secure government job and start over, basically. Oh, it was scary. Mm. It was it was absolutely scary. And, and that's why I went back and forth and back and forth for an mm. entire year. But once my heart settled, then he and I could have conversations about the next phase of my development. Mm -hmm. Development as a scientist, but also my development as a soul, as a human being, with a spirit. Mm -hmm. Because we, doubt we do have spirit. Absolutely. And I went to debunk Olga Worrell and Bob Leichman and Sister Justice Smith and people like them. And what I found was my ignorance and their gracious willingness to show me a world of which I was not only ignorant, but I was somewhat judgmental in my ignorance. So I advocate today for what I have found to work. And I understand people who say, prove it to me first, and then I'll do it. Mm. And my answer is, do it, and then your questions will mostly fall away. So experience is the great teacher, from my point of view. It sure is. And if you're willing to get outside your comfort zone, to some large extent, you can begin living. I like that. You have to get outside of your comfort zone, and we all have to do that at some point, or we won't mm. live. No, exactly correct. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no certainty when, when, you know, as you correctly said, I had it, quote, made. I, this is what I aspired to mm -hmm. be, was a permanent senior staff scientist at NIH with all that goes with that. And then I walked away and people would say to me, well, what's your job? Mm -hmm. uh, do you have a, an endowed professorship somewhere? I said, no, I'm going to wander a, a while and I'm going to follow a Cambodian Buddhist. <laughs> They probably labeled you as crazy. <laughs> I had friends who called me up and said, you're too young for a midlife crisis. I don't think you're crazy. This, what you're doing feels to us, because mm -hmm. they were very much enmeshed in quote, yeah. the system. Mm -hmm. It challenged some friends of mine when I said, well, I'm just going to walk away and see what happens. Wow. And yes, it was transformative. It got me into communities that I would not otherwise have been connected to and with. In his specific case, Bonte's case, he had decoded and was teaching a color healing system uh -huh. that the Buddha had taught 2,500 years ago, Gautama Buddha. Yeah. It was practiced for 500 years, lost for 2,000 years, and he figured it out. Wow. So that's why that's why he specifically was interesting to me because I was I am interested in anything that evokes human healing responses, especially in a non-invasive way. And it turns out, color. There are many color healing systems, but there's one in particular that uh, he decoded from ancient uh, scrolls. Poly. Uh, he was a. He had nine languages that he was facile with, uh -huh. including the predecessor to Sanskrit, known as Pali. Mm -hmm. um, among other things, he was Jarawal Nehru's friend. And there's mm -hmm. a letter in the archives of India from Nehru's mother. And it says, my dear son, the prime minister, you must correct your dereliction of duty and give eight hectares of land to the venerable Dharmawara for his service to India and to our family. And he did. Nehru did. Uh -huh. uh, 
King Sihanouk of Cambodia was a student of Bhante Darmawar. Um, my daughter's godfather, one of her godparents, is the Dalai Lama because of Bhante's connection and the reverence with which His Holiness held Bhante. Wow, that's something um, else. Now tell me a little bit about uh, what you're doing now with your gifts. Well, for the last decade or so, we have been covering what is called epigenetics. Right. That's a fancy way of saying lifestyle. It's a way of talking about what you eat and drink, think and do. Starting from nature, nurture and wholeness. So I want you to eat foods that you can digest, you can assimilate, and you can eliminate without immune burden. I want you to be tolerant. I want you to be repairing at night, and I want your immune system to be able to defend you during the day. Because it's called the immune defense and repair system for a reason. Right. And every uh, human being actually makes abnormal cells called cancer cells every day. Uh-huh. And we're supposed to have a surveillance system that identifies and eliminates these abnormal cells. So you're so what advocating I'm is that everyone a natural is at risk life. Of cancer, yeah. But if mm-hmm. you keep your anti-cancer mechanisms high, mm-hmm. yes. you won't get cancer. And I have had people, I don't have a private practice, but I mentor other physicians and I mm-hmm. am privileged to see their clients' results. There are people who do not have good anti-cancer mechanisms who are at high risk And then they go on a lifestyle program like we're talking about. You Mm -hmm. get the bad stuff out and the good stuff in, get the toxins out, reduce the exposure, and enhance your ability to metabolize or detoxify uh, harmful substances while you're uh, topping up your essential nutrients. Absolutely. Too Too many people today believe that if they get a multivitamin with daily value amounts, which are <laughs> minimal, yeah. modest at best, yeah. that, they, that they're getting enough. Mm. And if you look into the science, what you find is that the daily value helps you avoid deficiency diseases like pellagra right. and kwashiorkor and, and scurvy and wow. things like that. Well, of course you should avoid that. But the amount of nutrients you need to be healthy in the toxic world that we live in, yes, maybe many orders of magnitude more. And, and I love today, that you say and we that. We have helped contribute to this. There are mm. functional tests yes. that say for you as an individual: Are you getting enough vitamin A, B complex, uh, right. vitamin C, ascorbate, um, vitamin D, which is really a neurohormone? Um, we've learned so much. Right. And there is so much that physicians have to know about pharmacology and about pharmacoeconomics and what have you, that, it, that basically the kind of work that I now do, which is really uh, about evoking human healing responses and removing obstacles to recovery, most of my colleagues have not devoted the amount of time that I have right. to investigate. Now, Russell, before we wrap up... Before we wrap up this show and we are slowly getting to the end, I want you to share with my listeners how they can contact you. And yes. maybe a last sentence about uh, wrap up what is the most important thing to do. And I think we said it before, it's remove the toxic, bring in the good. But 
how can they contact you if they have any interest in in it? And and of course they can always yeah. contact me. But it would be nice to share of that. Of course. No, no, of course. But it's drrusselljaffe.com. That's one of a number of websites, but that's a good place for people to land and explore. And then that will take them in the direction of predictive biomarkers and or other functional testing. Whether you're a professional, a health coach, or a consumer, please come to drrusselljaffe.com. That's R-U-S-S-E-L-L, then J-A-F-F-E.com, drrusselljaffe.com. Um, and you'll be, I hope, delighted with what we will allow you to download that can save your life in the 21st century by being functional, by being caring and competent, by using science as well as wisdom Wonderful. in order to survive. Russell, I thank you so, so much for being on this show and sharing your wisdom. And I hope to have you on a future show. I am so delighted and I think my listeners will get much value from it. And uh, of course, I will share that on the podcast side. So thank you again. Thank you so much. It's, a, it's, a, it's been a pleasure to, uh, to get to know you and to uh, share in this common work of helping people save their lives one at a time. Exactly. And this brings me to the end of today's show. Please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments, or suggestions. Or if you'd like to contact Dr. Russell Jaff and forgot his website, my email here is christine at communityradio.ca or you can contact me through my website, which is docchristine.com. And I'm always grateful for any feedback. I also want to extend a special thank you to today's producer, Ron Goyash. You might not know this, but this is a volunteer-run non-profit radio station. Thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CIOE Community Radio with live stream on communityradio.ca for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.